segment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Thanks for tuning in. It's eight minutes after eight. And this morning on the forum at eight, we look at illegal house repossessions. Now, a study looking at home repossessions in South Africa has put our country amongst the worst in the world. The study that was conducted by advocate Douglas Shaw revealed that South Africa's rate of repossession is four times higher than the average of the rest of the world. And uh, uh, Shaw suggests that South Africa needs new rules that will not be inhumane. The law as it stands puts the debtor at a disadvantage. And meanwhile, the housing class action working under Ilungelo Letu Human Rights Foundation is taking the country's four major banks, APSA, FNB, Nedbank and Standard Bank to court for repossessing homes illegally. And I must just point out that we did invite uh, the banks, we did invite the bank um, ombudsman, but all of them declined unfortunately. So uh, we tried since last week, hence the interview is going ahead without them. Um, so we have for this morning invited uh, King Sibia, who's head of the Lungeloletu Human Rights Foundation, uh, and he helps people facing unlawful or irregular evictions, uh, so working on the ground in this regard. Uh, King Sibia, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much. How are you, man? I'm mm. very well, thanks. And uh, hoping yeah, is it Sakina speaking? Yes, it is Sakina. Um, oh. And then, King, I'm hoping to hear more from you about, you know, the plight of people and what they actually go through uh, when these illegal repossessions actually come about. But we also have advocate Douglas Shaw with us, uh, who runs a bankinglawadvisor.co.za, and he's helped hundreds of people fight back against banking injustice in this regard. And he joins us as well. Advocate Shaw, thanks for your time. Hello. So, Advocate Shaw, let me start here. It would seem uh, from at least uh, just a cursory look at your study that we have in South Africa rather punitive measures to deal with people who default on their bond repayments. Yes, that's correct. I was very surprised when I, when I did the study for my PhD and looked at many other countries in the world, including other developing countries on the same level as us and found that virtually all of them have some kind of safeguards to both reduce the number of sales and execution, the number of repossessions, and also to increase the price, whereas we don't really have any uh, proper safeguards in place to stop our banks um, selling people's properties when they don't need to, and for a much lower price than other countries would, would ensure. So what is the process? How do the banks then go about repossessing these properties? Well, what they do is when somebody is in default, they can issue a summons. Uh, A lot of people don't by that stage have the money to defend, although we try and help them as best we can with spending payments and stuff. But if you can't defend that, as most people don't, then the banks get default judgment very quickly against you. And then they they go ahead and attack what they call attach the property and give it over to the sheriff, and then the sheriff sells it at a sheriff's auction. And our sheriff's auctions are highly dysfunctional; they they don't work very well at all. They have very low prices, including a hundred rand or ten rand, which doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. And are people uh, generally given a right to respond? You know, a right to stake a claim or just uh, come up with uh, an opportunity to re- provide reasons for why uh, they shouldn't be repossessed? 
Well, they can respond to the summons legally and defend, but a lot of people by that stage can't uh, uh, afford to do that or or they have difficulty. Um, but no, I mean, everybody, the banks obviously go and talk to the bank, but often in our country that's, that's not a very good idea, in fact, because the banks will just uh, move against you very quickly uh, if you do that. Uh, and so you do have a kind of right to respond, but the banks aren't really listening, you know. Maybe the judge will listen, but it's, it, it, there's, there's far too few safeguards in the law that people can rely on. And, and and this in a country where, according to the Constitution, everybody has the right to have access to adequate housing. And uh, granted, we do understand the commercial side of it, uh, but surely are there no other methods of recourse for people who find themselves in a spot of bother? Um, we've found really not, and you're absolutely right. Our current law is completely inconsistent with the Constitution, both in terms of the right to housing and in terms of the right to property. Because, of course, um, if you're an old person and you've been saving all your life through your property and the bank sells that for half price, you've lost all your savings as well. So that's that's another violation of the Constitution. So our law needs to catch up there with what our Constitution requires. Doesn't the bank, though, have an obligation to come up with, um, you know, options for you to basically get back on track or to rehabilitate or something? Well, we argue that they do because in a constitutional case called JASTA, the constitutional court ruled it had to be the last resort. So there's a whole lot of other things that we argue they should go through first before they even get to selling an execution to repossession. But the banks don't seem to think so. I mean, they do um, make arrangements with people from time to time, but far less than in other countries. So let me just hear from King Sibia, um, you know, as someone who works with people on the ground uh, faced with unlawful or irregular evictions. Uh, yeah, King, King does a lot of good work. Yeah. So, so, so uh, King, can you just give us an indication of um, just how severe this problem is at the moment? Yes, thank you so much, Sakile. Uh, you know, when I talk about these things of eviction, it's very sad because... You know, uh, you see, the key question that we need to ask ourselves is that in the new dispensation from 1994 until now, you see, we have distilled the brutally eviction, you know, from the forced removal. There's no difference. The key question that you need to ask ourselves is that are there any difference in the new dispensation? The answer is say no, because you see, currently now we have more than one million people. Uh, not even people, I'm talking about households where people have been evicted. You know, this is very sad. Among the other things, what is very sad, we have old people at age of 82. This person never been in jail in his life, but he's going to jail for trespassing for his own house. You see, these are very, very hectic issues. You know, currently now, when you look at our own courts, uh, 80% of the South Houting Local Division and Northern Houting Local Division. 80% are eviction and road accident fund. 31% are default judgment, where people they were not in court. You see, these are issues that now basically what it says to you is that but as you look at Mr. Ernest Mashaba's case, you know, this person was paying the bank until, you know, he never even preached one payment from the bank's perspective. But you can see that there's a great syndicate within, you know, within the 
the, 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 the area. We look at the court itself. How the court, the court, they're not even doing the investigation, you know. So okay, these are issues that really, really are touching our people on the ground. Because you remember, uh, amongst other issues when you fight for apartheid, there were inter alia two issues. One was in relation to justice for all. Two, we couldn't own the land. But now, whilst we're still owning that land, we have been evicted. So it's a very, very hectic situation. And what happens to people then, uh, King, when they are evicted? As you say, there are people who've been arrested for trespassing, trying to go back to their homes. And uh, yes. for others, you know, where do they ultimately end up going? Uh, so, you see, as I've said to you, the key question that you need to ask ourselves, out of one million households that were evicted, I, this is always the question I ask. Where are those people? How they live? Are they still voting? Because nobody cares about those people. Mm. And, you know, just so many questions, um, you know, come up in one's mind. Uh, KB says, uh, Soweto man's house that was sold behind his back for 100, 100 rand. And this is something that you touched on uh, briefly, uh, Advocate Shaw. Um, a time traveler says, uh, so the banking ombudsman declined the interview. Uh, yeah, I have it here. Um, he said uh, last week uh, we sent and uh, we uh, got in touch and they said, unfortunately, due to prior commitments, they were unable to participate in the show. Uh, we moved it on. Um, and this week, uh, simply no response. So that's where we are with that. And uh, then a few other people also outraged because this is not the first time as far as the banks are concerned, uh, where they simply refuse to honor these sort of engagements. And I've always held that banks are corporate super citizens and don't feel the need to answer to anybody. Uh, Kifilwe uh, says a bank disrespects us and whenever there's some controversy around them, they decline to come to the radio. Jimmy Boy says, Sakina, these banks treat us like trash and they are captured and we seriously need a state bank or some alternative. And then uh, Stelon Liki says, Sakina, in fact, in Australia, bond terms stretch as far as 30 to 40 years and that gives much relief to customers. And I want to come back mm. to that with uh, uh, you, Advocate Shaw, because you did okay. some research in uh, this area, looking at what other countries are doing? Yes. Um, yeah, Australia's actually got a pretty good system. Uh, I hate to say that as a kind of, although I'm from Scotland, to see myself as a South African <laughs> now, um, because uh, we always like to beat the Australians, and I think we should try and beat them on this instead of being last when they're close to first. But, I mean, what they do in Australia is that they get a whole lot of estate agents. Like, why are we selling houses to sheriffs that can't get proper prices when we've got thousands and thousands of estate agents that know how to sell houses? So that's what they do in Australia. They send people out, estate agents are appointed by the creditor and the debtor or whatever, and they go out and they try and find buyers for the property, and then they bring them all to an auction. Right? So you're bringing, like, estate agents with all the buyers, 10, 20 buyers for one house, and then you get a proper price at a proper auction, not the way we do it. So, so that's a good way. And then you, you touched on the idea of, of rescheduling loans, you know, over a longer period of time. Mm. That's something that is compulsory in England, under English law. So if, you, if the bank goes to the, the court and says, look, we want to sell an execution order so we can sell this person's house at auction, uh, and the, the person says, but wait, I've got a new job now. I can afford to pay. If you just reschedule that loan into my bond for the next 20 years, I'll pay an extra 1,000 rand a month, whatever it 
the actual figure is, and we're we're fine. And here, our banks go, nah, we're going to sell your house anyway in execution for half price or 90% off. And in England, if they went to the court with that kind of order, the court would say, no, 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 chance. We're not going to let you do that when the person's now got an income. And and we're going to reschedule the loan as the court ourselves. That never happens in this country, or hardly ever, um, but it's routine in England. So that's just one of the many things that they do in other countries that they don't do here. So we're very, our banks are very gung-ho, you know, they'll just sell somebody's property. Uh, it's what it's they certainly are. And, and I want yeah. to ask about, you know, this business of selling someone's house for 100 rand, some ridiculously yeah. low amount. Exactly. Is that even legal? Well, it's kind of technically legal, if you like, according to the rules, which is why the rules need to change. But it's unconstitutional, so it's illegal. Because if anything's in contradiction with the Constitution, then it's illegal. And there's no way. I mean, you can say, yes, the bank needs to get their capital back in some cases at some times, but there's no necessity at all for them to sell properties through the sheriff for less for less than 90% of their value, you know. They should, first of all, they should use estate agents first. But secondly, there should be rules in place that doesn't allow them to do this. But, but the banks have known this for the last 50 years, that our system isn't working, and yet they resist any change. So Although we've been trying to change the system, we had a huge meeting with everybody that was important in the country, it seems, in this area, to say, let's change the system. And at the end, they asked for a vote. And everybody in the, in the room, 100 people, voted that we need to have a market price related sales, except the banks. They said, no, no, we don't want that. We want to keep going the way we've always gone. And that is unforgivably unethical. Um, what about protection, though, from government? And I'll, I want to put this to King first in terms of recourse again. Um, have you gone to government? What sort of response did you get? And uh, to you, yeah. um, Advocate Shaw, is there an obligation on government uh, to come to the rescue of um, the, the, the clients in this instant uh, where they simply do not have recourse at this point? But let me start with you, King Sibia. Yes, Madam. Sakila, you see, there are a few things that we need to take into account. Firstly, you, you know, when the, these people... You see, the, the gist of the matter is that with the, the processes that took place, it's a problem. That's why we need to have amendment on those. You see, we have Section 129, we have Rule 41, we have Rule 93 of the Magistrate Court, where people need to be informed prior to court, a letter of demand, you see. Uh, now, the situation is that good. You find other banks, some of the properties, they never even went to the sheriff to be sold. It's one-on-one. Currently now, you see, let me just indicate on where this thing started. Uh, in a black township, you remember in 1986, uh, there were two-room lo- two and garage loans. By then, I think it was around 20000 because, you see, we still have those problems of prior to apartheid era. Because, you know, we're loaning that money for two-room and garage. And then in 1994, when we have a new dispensation, uh, when the late President Mandela announced that for the first time black people are going to get title deed, then some of the bank went to the government and said, no, there are people that who are still owing us you know, who have been defaulted for this two-room and garage, which is now the state asked for audit, and then audit was made. Uh, out of that audit, the audit indicated that there are 33,000 people that are on PIP, 
which is PIP property in position. Now, therefore, the state says, okay, there are 333, but if then we can pay on their behalf, what are the cost implications? 1,277 billion rands was issued by the state. You know, we remember the first minister by then was Joslovo. Then agreement was signed between the government and the four major banks to try to avoid this eviction so that this eviction can, you know, can the, government, the government can intervene. So now currently we went to go. Now SEFCON, two institutions were established, SEFCON and Tubelisha. Now those institutions uh, have been liquidated now, no longer there. But the key question before those institutions was closed down, we had to ask the states, the minister in particular of housing, uh, how many people benefited from the 33,000 to this 1.277 billion rands? You know, we'll be shocked. Only 336 people benefited out of that. The question is, where is the rest of the money? You know, and then so on. So that's how our people have been evicted. So therefore, you see, what I hate amongst these other things, as I'm a person dealing with these things, I'm seeing now a black-on-black violence again. Because these houses are bought by their own people again, the black people. You look at the areas like uh, Protea, you, you know, where people are killing each other for these houses. Because I'll be sitting in my house and then sitting in my house for years. Because uh, I was born there. I grown up there, I get married there, but after 30 years I'm going to be trespassed. Now, when you ask the NPA and the police, uh, because they use it as a springboard, what is the definition of the trespassing? Because trespassing, we cannot be um, um, trespassed for the house that I've grown in, I've got the key of the house, I've got everything, but later I'm going to be uh, 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 trespassed. And uh, these acts are the old act, because it's a trespassing act, act number 6 of 1959. You see, these are issues that need a very serious amendment in terms of the law. So therefore, uh, people are fighting amongst themselves. And uh, when you go to politicians, because I have heard that when you go to the government, when you go to the government, the government is going to tell you that is an agreement between yourself and the bank. There's nothing that they can do. But in terms of their constitutional obligation, because there's an act that called Housing Act, Act 107 of 1997, a special uh, code 12. It says that in the event where the state uh, uh, observes that there will be floods in that particular area. So they need to intervene before the problem starts, including where there's a threat of an eviction. You know, uh, the, the state must intervene. So some of the cases, the, the, the municipality intervenes, some of them, they don't intervene. Uh, in comments, for instance, uh, there were 357 households that were to be evicted on the, on, the, on the ERPM land. So the government has to pay back. At least that eviction has been stopped because the state is going to build them, uh, you know, alternatively. You know, clearly, you see, if then we can begin to uh, create those conducive environments, at least our people can be minimized of of of, of being evicted, mm. you know, because there are children there. Because our constitution, in terms of, you know, constitution chapter two, section twenty five, section twenty six, and section twenty eight. Moreover, the section twenty eight, because it needs to protect the children. But in all these evictions, there are children involved, and it's very brutal. You see, we are looking at here in Soweto. 
these uh, our black brothers who are buying these properties, if they don't want to vacate the premises, they are coming, they, 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 they demolish the house. I'm sitting with houses there, which is a demolished to the foundation. It, it's very brutal. And it it's certainly abusive. is. It certainly is. Tell you very, what. very brutal and abusive. Advocate Chua, I'll but come to you. at the same time, we are saying our constitution is a very best constitution, but our people cannot access to housing. It is only as good as the people's experience of it in the end. But um, I'll give you an opportunity shortly, uh, Advocate Shaw, after the news break. In fact, I just want to take two calls. Um, Lungisi in Chesterville, good morning to you. Good morning, my sister. I, I, will, try, I will try to be concise. Uh, let me explain my case. I, I reside in a complex. I am in areas in my living. In March this year, I made an arrangement with the debit auto arrangement with my bank to pay against my living. And then I set the, the, the arrangement to, to, to the property management. Right? Also, a letter stating that if I have more, I will pay whatever more I've got in cash. In April, in, in May this year, when I received the statement of my levies, there was a, there's a possible legal cause. Immediately, I contacted property management to clarify me on this legal cause because I don't remember being called by a, an attorney. I don't remember receiving a letter from the attorneys. I don't remember receiving summons. And then he, he, he gave me the contact details of the, of the attorney. I phoned the attorney. It was on Tuesday last week. And the attorney said, he will call me soon after you have, you have to pick up my file. Uh, he never called until yesterday. Yesterday, I contacted the property management again. Uh, I told them that the, the attorney that he gave me hasn't called me. And then the, the lady I spoke to emailed him. He called in five minutes. So I asked him to clarify this legal court. He said there was a... Uh, someone that were issued to us in in March. I told him that there were no summons that, that were received. I am at home 99.5% of, of the time. Mm. I reside there. And then he said to me, I, I might have to come to his office to pick up the... I asked him about the... Does he have a return of service? He said, yeah, you, you will have to look at the at the file. I just have to push you now. Yes, uh, so, so, so tell me, what is the state of affairs right now? Right now, I'm going to the attorney to, to get the, 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 the someone because he said I have to come to his office. Uh, I think there's, there's something happening behind our paper because, you know, in the someone, they give you five days, seven days to respond. We ignore the summons. There's something unscrupulous that is happening between the attorneys and our body corporate. All right. I got you there, Mlungisi. Thanks so much for the call, uh, calling us from Chesterville. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. And this morning on the Forum at 8, we are looking at... uh,
house repossessions and illegal house repossessions and exactly how this plays out. Our guest this morning, Advocate Douglas Shaw, who runs a bankinglawadvisor.co.za and he's helped hundreds of people fight back against banking injustice. And we also have with us King Sibia, who is head of the Lungeloletu Human Rights Foundation and or he also helps people facing unlawful or irregular evictions. Some very interesting messages coming through but I just want to take uh, Cyril because he's been holding since before the news break. Uh, we'll hear from Cyril and then I'll read some of the messages. Cyril, good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina. Good morning to your, your guest is doing a sterling job, the, uh, the advocate and the king there. Uh, I'm one of the many that have lost my house uh, to these uh, uh, devious actions of these banks. Uh, I, I would like to ask them, is it possible for us to get their details uh, uh, and see how we can contact them and, and, and give them more details uh, about people that have lost their, their houses. Uh, one thing that I want to uh, uh, bring to the attention is that when, when, when these banks, when you owe the bank, you, you, they have an auction. And, and uh, the auction, they will talk about uh, reserved and unreserved. Now, the question that I want to put to them is that can the bank sell your house an option less than the outstanding amount that you owe them? Because this is what happened to me. Uh, the first time they sold the house an auction, without informing us, uh, and the amount was 25000 we owed 75000 the balance. The first time it was 25000 and then they re-auctioned it, and sold it for 65000 And luckily I was then informed by somebody that my house was sold and auctioned for sixty-five. I went to the bank. The bank said they got nothing to do with it. They handed it over. Now, what I have come across is that there's a collusion with uh, the, some asset agents, the sheriffs, and the courts, up to the municipality, you see. Uh, and certain people... Certain people are getting a chance to go and buy these uh, 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 houses, and then they resell them. Now, that's the question. Can the bank sell your house less than the outstanding amount? Okay. Thank you so uh, much. I will, uh, I'll stop there. Thanks. Thanks so much, uh, Cyril. So, so, so we're going to answer the two questions that we've taken from listeners uh, thus far. Um, Lungisi talking about being in arrears on his sectional title uh, property. Uh, and uh, Ahe also says sectional title is worse than the worst. Managing agents are in bed with debt collectors and body corporates. And then also Cyril's question. Uh, Advocate Shaw? First caller, um, the the practice of not serving the documents uh, properly on the person is endemic in this country. Uh, it seems that of the say of the 500 or so people we've met, at least half of them have told us we never got any documents from the bank. So the, and in one case, there was one guy with seven properties, and the bank had somehow intentionally, unintentionally managed to not serve it properly on any of the seven properties. So it seems to me that there needs to be new rules around that. But when people come to see us, it's something we can raise in their defense to say that they never got the documents and that the bank's doing this systematically or their attorneys, because that's also my impression. It can't be an accident that 50% of the people don't get their documents properly. So that's the first problem. Um, On the question of whether the bank can sell properties for less 
It's been, see, what, the, what happens is the bank gives it over to the sheriff and then they lose control over it. Um, and and the, the, the property can sell for as much or as little as people bid for it, which is why it's so bad that we've got a system that doesn't have any proper controls in it. So that, that kind of thing happens a lot. Now, whether there's collusion between banks and sheriffs and estate agents and stuff, um, there has been cases. I, I, we believe that there is, but it's very difficult to prove. But, but what I think about it's one of these things? That, what about justice? Right? What about what is right no and justice. what is fair? Because Unati Kwaza says, um, a first time I bought a house at an auction, the price can start as low as 10 rand. In fact, that was 16 years ago. How do you sell a house for 10 rand? Exactly. It's completely wrong. The rules are wrong, and yet the banks are opposing any change to the rules. But the rules board have come out with new rules, partly in response to some of the things we've been saying to them, and others as well, and King as well. Um, which may, be, may say that they need to put in the reserve price close to market price. Um, so it may be improving a bit, but certainly at the current time, it's completely unjust, completely wrong in the way that that works and very different from the rest of the world. And, 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 it's still uh, apartheid-era type legislation. This came out in 1965 where nobody cared about human rights and we're still using the same rules with respect to, say, an execution that became the, the rules in 1955, right at the heart of the apartheid regime. So although it's not specifically racist, it's very nasty. It has that same nasty apartheid feeling to it. Uh, these rules are, are, are the same in, 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 con- in, in feeling, in spirit. Well, something needs to be done uh, sooner rather than later. Anonymous yes. says, SK, in Canada, if an asset is repossessed, that person isn't listed because the law says if you take your asset, then they aren't indebted to you anymore. Uh, South Africa should mm-hmm. do the same. And and, 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 yeah. and I guess, you know, there was another one here that I'm just trying to locate quickly um, about this ridiculous amount that they actually sell these houses for. Um, Someone was saying that they had their house sold, uh, but in the end they were still owing, you know, quite a huge amount of money. So what's the point then? What's the point? Exactly. Because they get, well, sometimes they get more back, sometimes they get less, but but yes, I mean, it's sometimes if you're going to be less with a huge, the bank's not even going to get their money. Why? Do they want this system still? Because if, with our new system we're proposing, and in terms of what government's doing, by the way, we're discussing this with government. The South African Human Rights Commission is very concerned about this. They want to see the rules change. The um, National Credit Regulator is very concerned about this. I believe they want to see the rules change as well. Uh, so the Ministry of Justice is looking into this and is trying to do something about it, but the banks, they, they don't care. They, they'll tell you when, when things are good that they are, how can we help you, and today, tomorrow, together, but when, the, when they actually, when you default on your loan, and all that goes out the window and they, 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 don't, they don't do what they say they're going to mm. do in their adverts. So so here are a few more messages before I get back to the lines, and I'll give you an opportunity to respond in a moment, King. Um, sure. This one from Max. Max says, I bought a house for 678000 in 2005, and yet I'm still owing 1 million rand on that house. Can someone please explain? Uh, Mlu in Peter Meritzburg says, banks are not responsible corporate citizens, and they are not 
ethical as envisaged in the King reports, although on their annual reports they say that they comply. Uh, Putitaka says uh, that case where a house was sold for 100 rand should be referred to the Public Protector and to the Human Rights Commission for scrutiny. Couldn't agree more. Tebogo says we are just enslaved by these banks. Um, At Lazarus Yema says you don't need a PhD to figure out that the banks are crooks. Somebody lost a house worth (laughs) 4 million rand for 20,000 rand. That is insane. Uh, Temaletu says, if you borrowed 300,000 to buy a car, it takes you five years, but the same amount for a house, it's 20 years. Why is this? Um, And then a a little more from Unati. I took the last part of her message. But uh, prior to that, she says, it's such an important topic, Sakina. In this country, we have seen the worst of atrocities perpetrated by banks, and banks get away with it because we have a government that doesn't give a damn, actually. Uh, Lawyers themselves are also culprits in this one, I'm afraid, and sad that people don't really know their rights. Um, And Mm. proudly South African says the bank Banks, uh, do they please uh, 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 even uh, do as they please? And even the government is afraid of them. They own everything in this country. And Zandile says it's a pity that the banks are avoiding this topic. Um, Atabzi says it's not just banks that are colluding. Financial institutions like insurance companies, Mulkas as well. I can name a few. Um, at Mpomoloi says I used to work for the Red Ants and the sheriffs are ruthless uh, uh, and uh, Johan Bosch is filthy rich from doing this business. Hashtag sad. Uh, uh, then this one from uh, Tiatu. Tiatu says house repos have become big legalized looting by banking syndicates uh, who work with inside information. And uh, the sad part is that the auctioneers play along. And Nkosing Pilem Kunu says, um, SK, it's not only houses that banks repossess illegally, cars as well. And at Spruce says attorneys uh, can obtain a default judgment within two months and then charge exorbitant legal fees. Uh, they are like the hitmen and it's a new lucrative business for attorneys as well. All of that can leave one very, very despondent, uh, King. Yes. Uh, you see, uh, Sakila, you see, there are two there are issues that I think the listeners have raised. It's very important. But what I want to say to you, in this country, if you don't have money, you are not going to see justice. Justice is for those who have money. For instance, you look at the issue. Now, these houses have been sold for more than four times. Then, for you, it's going to be difficult to get a legal assistance because our lawyers are not prepared. Once the house, there's a third party involved, it becomes a problem to get a legal assistance. As I'm seeking now, there are a lot of cases. Uh, from the pro bono perspective, from the theory perspective, legally resources, because they are fooled. They cannot even take cases now. Now, the question is become how those people are going to get assistance. You know, basically now what I'm trying to do, I'm training people that they can spend on their own in court, make them an answering affidavit, because, you see, when we are saved with these papers, firstly, the first page, the second page of the notice of the motion, it says that... Would you, in the high court, you have 10 days to make an intention to oppose or an intention to defend. 
you know. Mm. And then after 15 days to 20 days, you make an answering of David. It's right now the problem is, because our lawyers are going to tell you that good, they don't have a defense, because now there's a third party involved. So that's one key area that you need to be attended to, because people now are suffering because, you know, it's very difficult. Our laws are make our people to be difficult, because once uh, the house has been sold, the court calls those people who bought the house in auction. They have been called as innocent buyers. Mm. You know, there is mm. no way that you can win that case. Because obviously the court is going to tell you the house has been sold on auction. Now, what about the previous owner? The previous owner doesn't have a case anymore. You see, these are issues that really, really need to be dealt with. So therefore, it is important to... Uh, mobilize our people. That's why people resulted that good. They are not going to go out. They are going, not going to be removed from their houses. They'll go back and fight. You mm. know, now, and the police will be coming in and assist those who bought these houses. You know, it becomes a problem. Here's a quick one uh, before I go back to the lines. Um, it says, uh, who does the house, the property belong to when the sheriff sells the house in an auction, uh, Advocate Shaw? Well, technically speaking, when the property transfers, it becomes the new owner. So the new owner doesn't actually own the property until um, the property is actually transferred. So they can't actually evict somebody. They can't bring an eviction order until, without their consent, obviously, if the person agrees to move, it's fine. But um, if they can't chuck that person out until the property is transferred into their name, which can take two or three months or something. Um, but King's very right. Um, once the property is transferred, it's very difficult by legal process to, to get that property back. But what, what we do is we sue the bank who created the problem for selling it in the first place. So it's their fault, and we believe they must pay every one of the 100,000 people that they've done this to since the Constitution came in because they have known. Let me tell you a little story. It's like a man that's got a, a machine that chops off fingers. Right, as a factory owner, and you go and work in that factory and it chops your finger off the first time, right? Now that factory owner is probably liable. But what if he kept that machine and next week it chopped somebody else's fingers off, and another three weeks later it chopped off some finger, another person's finger? That person, you'd say, how can that person not be liable? Well, that's basically what the banks have done with sale and execution. It's not their system, it's the sheriff's system, but they know it doesn't work. They've got their finger-chopping machine. They know it's causing damage, but they keep using it, and they keep using it, and they, say, they think they're okay because they've got a court order to, to sell that property in execution, but they're not. They've been negligent. They've known the system wasn't working. They must pay every one of these people back the, the difference between what the property sold for and, and what it was worth. Mm. So let's take a few more calls. 0891-104-208, our guest this morning, uh, King Sibia, who is head of uh, Lungeloletu Human Rights Foundation, and advocate uh, Douglas Shaw, who runs a banking advisor, law advisor, a banking law advisor, uh, .co.za. Gerald is calling from Durban. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning, Sakina. Yeah, I'd just like to say, firstly, that uh, I think at least half the world's financial problems are caused between the collusion between banks and politicians. And 
somehow this, these two groups of people always manage to uh, avoid jail or, or when there's some sort of a financial crisis or there's some sort of financial criminal act. They always seem to have a knack of avoiding jail, and that's one of the big problems worldwide. But what I would suggest to Advocate Shaw, I mean, I've had a look at his uh, website or maybe approach people like Noseweek, who, who Noseweek do an excellent job of exposing these banks for all kinds of uh, criminal behavior, is to get uh, these banks listed on a website where they've sold and put down instances where they've sold property of, at, say, less than 80% of the municipal value and also um, list the, the, the attorneys who act for those banks so that when consumers go to get home loans or when they go to ask attorneys to help them with property transfers, they don't support the, the businesses of unscrupulous banks and uh, 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 legal firms. They're going to take their houses away for nothing. There's nothing like market forces. You can beat legislation any time. People just need to take their business elsewhere to people who act ethically. And if, the, if those organizations don't act ethically, list them. And your show is doing part of that job, is exposing these people. And the callers need to phone in and expose them and mention the bank's names. I totally agree. Thank you so much, uh, Gerald. And Tombi, good morning to you. Yeah. Hi, Tombi. Hi, Sakina. Yes, we listen. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Yes. You know, Bonds, you know that as an individual, you are totally responsible for your payment. But what makes us not pay on time is we work for government departments that do not pay us on time. And you tell your, your, whoever you have, a, the bank you have a bond with, that I suspect, ma'am, you can't get, you don't even get given a date when you're going to get paid. Government departments don't pay us on time. They take two, three months to pay us. Hence, you get into problems with, with, with the bank whom you have a uh, bond with. Mm. You take all your documentation, you show them, but they will not listen. Yeah, that that for me is, is, is what I'm really finding difficult to swallow, uh, really, Advocate Shaw. Because, you know, given the importance of a home uh, to any person, why are they not more lenient? Why aren't you more accommodating when people do fall on hard times? Yeah, I think that's a good question, a good point arising from this. Ninety percent of the time, in our opinion, when somebody doesn't pay their bond, it's due to factors beyond their control. You do get the occasional person that runs up huge amounts of debt and just acts irresponsibly and doesn't pay when they can pay. But that's a small, small minority, right, five to ten percent. Most people, the reason they can't pay is because somebody hasn't paid them, they've lost their job, there's been an illness or a death in the family, and yet the bank's mentality is always... And I go to court, and the opposing advocate says to me, they say, and I say, well, why won't you just reschedule her? And they say, well, we wouldn't be here if your client actually paid their bond, as if my client wasn't paying their bond just for mm. the sake of it, you know? And so in the legislation that I've drafted that I think we should pass, and that we've been talking to the various powers that be about, we distinguish, we, we talk about financially impeding events, something like a sickness or a death in the family, and then things must be treated very differently, much more leniently than when somebody's 
being irresponsible, which is a small percentage of the cases. Just a few quick messages. Hanif Haider says, 100% consensus on questionable practices by banks. What have finance ministers over the years been doing? A case for a state bank, perhaps? Deb Zayen Mashiko also on that says, this is the result of having the ANC as government uh, who are not te- keen to implement the state bank anytime soon. And Lionel says, where's Kaskovadia from the Banking Council? He used to be a champion for human rights in the 80s. Uh, remember Jorak? So what's going on now? And these are all valid points. These are valid concerns that people are raising yeah. because, again, I refer you again to the constitution of this country. And whether you look at right. that, whether you look at uh, the Freedom Charter, it is clear, spelled out in no uncertain terms, the right to housing access to adequate housing. So what are we doing? If we are then making sure that we fleece people out of their homes, what are we doing? Uh, we also have a call here from uh, Mbali Baduza, uh, a leading attorney in illegal repossessions uh, with lawyers for human rights. Mbali, thanks for joining us this morning. And I believe you'd like Thank to make so a much. contribution to this discussion as well. No, absolutely. We have a case that we're taking to the High Court in October where our client took out a bond at Standard Bank for 380000 He defaulted on his payments. Uh, he tried to restructure his debt, but it didn't come through. And then eventually the house was sold on auction for 40000 What that means then is that the bank doesn't recover its debt. The client is still left with a ridiculous amount owed to the bank mm. and he's now perpetually in debt this is unacceptable and as you as you said earlier the constitution cannot allow this to happen the uniform rule yes. of court say that a house can be sold on auction without a reserve price that means it can go for any amount what we are advocating for is that if a house is going to be sold there must be judicial oversight and there must be a reserve price at the auction a reserve yes. price that one would think would be closer to the amount owed. Exactly. You know, exactly. not these ridiculous amounts that we are seeing currently. Um, you know, so Absolutely. many messages coming through, and I just uh, want to run through a few more. Um, Jack in Alberton says, Sakina, your guests this morning are in top form, uh, very knowledgeable and doing fantastic work. I'm not affected by this, uh, but I just want to know what kind of contribution can we as South Africans make to help help this cause, uh, financial or otherwise, no matter how small, we should reverse this Native Lands Act and Group Areas Act hidden under repossessions. And uh, Sue says, uh, Sakina, please ask Advocate Shaw, um, where is human rights in uh, evictions during the cold, uh, freezing winter months? Uh, The problem can be going on for months and years, but uh, come May, June, July, Equal evictions, including the elderly, babies, and children. That's just cruelty. You are so right, Sue. I've never understood. Why do these evictions always happen during the winter months? Mbali? Yeah. No, it's absolutely a cruel, cruel reality. It catches people when they're at their weakness. But we urge people, as soon as there's any kind of threat towards eviction, to approach our offices and we can do the best we can to assist 
Um, Spiwo, Kenneth Mungeka, you say you worked on these illegal eviction cases for a long time but gave up because government just don't care and also it became dangerous working in Soweto and uh, uh, raises the case of an elderly woman with a disabled son uh, facing a serious uh, problem there with regard to eviction. So what we'll do is we'll try and get you in touch. We'll uh, let all our guests this morning leave their details with us uh, because many of you are asking how you can get in touch. Anonymous says, Hi SK, it's not only illegal house repossessions, legal firms have formed syndicates, illegal court judgments and illegal sheriff's attachments for school fees already paid are the other form of the day. I've been taken to court twice for school fees uh, paid months ago. Uh, Clapham High uh, in Pretoria, those lawyers took us to court without summons after we had paid months ago and Pretoria Technical School's lawyers took us to court for school fees that was also paid. Our house was repossessed illegally five years ago. The government must intervene. It's expensive to go to court. Wow. My heart mm. breaks for you. Imagine losing yeah, your no, home. I, I just want to come in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You see, my point of contention is that good. Uh, end of the day, you see, the only best solution to this is that good? we remove all these uh, civil matters, especially the eviction, to the current courts and establish a special court that's going to deal with merits of the matters. Because currently now, the courts that we are having now, magistrate court up to the high court, they're only dealing with illegality. Uh, what you are owing the bank, so you fail to honor the agreement. So that's simple as that. So in constitutional court is where now maybe you might get enjoyed because you are going to talk about the rights of the of, of, of an individual. But more than that, how then you reach the constitutional court without having money? Because these people, most of them, who are evicted, they, are, they, they don't have that. They've got nothing. That's why you see even now when you're working on these matters, we are doing these matters free of charge in the interest. You know, serving our people because some of us were involved in the struggle in the 1980s. We understand what was happening, but this is not what we are voting for currently now because our people are losing homes like anything. Because there's a difference between a house and a home. Mm. If I lose a home, that's something else where I go. Tell you what, uh, we're unfortunately out of time, so I'm going to ask each of you to just please um, give out your contact details, and we'll also take them and put them on our various platforms. Uh, King, how can people get in touch with you? Okay. My, my telephone numbers are two numbers. One is King Sevilla, 078. Yes. 148 mm-hmm. And then the other one is Winnie 079-707-9171. Okay. Um, Advocate Shaw, you're... Uh, okay, we've uh, lost Advocate Shaw there, but we'll get contact details. In the meantime, bankinglawadvisor.co.za is where you can get in touch, but we'll see if we can get more details, and we'll come back with that, as well as for Mbali, uh, uh, for Lawyers for Human Rights. But thank you so much, everybody, for uh, participating this morning. Certainly a cause worth fighting for. Uh, people cannot just lose their homes willy-nilly, um, and there has to be more recourse for people if they do fall on hard times. It's just after nine and time for the latest news with um, Nomsam Luli.